On this episode of Take Talks Business, I have the pleasure of speaking with Scott Crick of Momac Brewing Company. Scott, thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Take Talks Business. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And thanks for letting me come and check out your space here in in Portsmouth. Um, So we're here at Momac Brewing Company. And um, for our listeners who may not already know you or know of of your place, can you give us a little bit of history, kind of your background with the community and then kind of how that led to where we are today, which is Momac Brewery? Absolutely. So uh, I'm not originally from Virginia. Uh, I, the Navy brought me here. I was uh, active duty Navy for a little over 12 years. Gotcha. And uh, my final tour uh, was right here at Portsmouth Naval Hospital. Oh. And uh, I was uh, working as a cardiovascular tech. Um, and I uh, was fortunate to meet some really nice people and um, made some connections at other local and ended up working at like Centera Norfolk General and, oh, yeah. and Maryview uh, uh, kind of on the side. And, uh, you know, all, all that time I uh, was enjoying the, the uh, craft brew scene here in Virginia <laughs> as, it, as it grew, you know, as it was really growing and yeah. uh, morphing into uh, probably what nobody figured it ever would. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, so that was in the early 90s, and, okay. um, and then um, I got out of the Navy in 98 and uh, got into the medical device industry, ah. and uh, I, I can, I've continued to be in the medical device industry. That's what I do is on my day job, and, yeah. um, and that has enabled me to, to, again, meet some really great people, some successful entrepreneurs and business people, and, yeah. as well as travel. and. Uh, and kind of experience, uh, you know, food and craft beer in other areas of the country and nice. the world. So that's nice. kind of uh, how I got started. Cool. Yeah. So in the travels, and, and I, I don't want to get too far off of, of where we are today, but so if you had to pick one place that's not in Portsmouth that would be your favorite, where's your favorite place to go have a, a brew? Um, I think uh, I, I really enjoy the Charlottesville market. Nice. Uh, you know, I, I have my favorite place is the mountains. Okay. And so uh, everything is right there in that Charlottesville Crozet area. Yeah. yeah. Nice, so. nice. It's, it is beautiful up there. Yeah. So, so what got what got you started with Momac specifically? I mean, is was this a partnership? Was this something you were you were doing it out of your house and decided to make it a, a career, or how yeah. did that all start? I think that uh, I mean I never once uh, imagined that it would become a brewery. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, you know. Brewing beer, probably like many other people, out of my garage started in white buckets, and okay. um, you know, like uh, every good home brewer story does. And um, you know, I think quickly you realize that uh, if you, you know, it's something that's easy to do as yeah. long as you follow some strict guidelines about clean, you know, being clean and yeah. and your process. And um, it was a lot of fun, and I got some friends involved, and. Uh, quickly you know word was hey you guys are brewing some pretty good beer <laughs> and um you know that that kind of just led to you know one of the i think one of the principles was that uh we were always either at the beach or at norfolk oh, and yeah. at our favorite breweries and uh we always said like why are we driving why, why doesn't suffolk or portsmouth or you know churchland have a brewery even at yeah. the time even chesapeake have a brewery you know there was yeah. that's none of that going on and so um you know, we continue to brew beer and 
uh, you know, hone our, hone our craft and get better at it. And then um, the opportunity was, arose uh, to, to meet some people and, and talk about a partnership. And um, I think at that point, everyone was pretty dedicated to, um, you know, Portsmouth, Churchland, Western Branch, the market. Yeah. Um, we all feel strong ties to this area. And many of the people in the partnership are, are originally from uh, the Western Branch, Portsmouth area. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so, and I ask a lot of my guests just by the nature of, of a lot of the people that I host on the podcast is that you've got those people that were entrepreneurs and they went out and found that business that, that allowed them to, to really take off. And then there's those who just absolutely had a love for something and then essentially became entrepreneurs. Yeah. So were you the entrepreneur looking for that something or were you the, the guy who loved something and then just happened to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think it was more of that uh, passion for craft beer and, yeah. and uh, the pairing of you know, good food, barbecue, and different cultures of food uh, and, and, and beer. And uh, I just happened to you know, kind of stumble into a business. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So from that standpoint, what would you say on the entrepreneur side had, had was maybe one of the tougher things that you kind of had to learn your way through as, as a business owner? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, out of the gates, one of the first things you realize is that uh, you no longer are brewing to your tastes. Ah. You are brewing to what the community wants or what, uh, you know, uh, more importantly, depending on how how big you aspire to become, uh, maybe, you know, your market. But gotcha. here, uh, you know, markets are different. Uh, you know, just our clientele here in Western Branch and Churchland is very different from the clientele down in downtown Suffolk. And so oh, wow. um, our brew, you know, you'll notice our selections are different and yeah. it's, it's done with purpose. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So how do you, is it just trial and error or, or are you able to kind of figure that out? Uh, I mean, especially when you first got going, I mean, how did you kind of test that out? Well, I, I think uh, in 100% transparency, we didn't realize that out, out of the gates. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I think if you, you know, if you could uh, go back and take a snapshot of our tap list, uh, you know, back when we opened, um, it's very different today. And I think that is driven through trial and error as well as understanding what people want. Um, yeah. You know, and as, you know, I think probably one of the cool things about the craft uh, beer industry is you know, it evolves, you know, yeah. I mean, you think about, uh, we, earlier we were talking about the West Coast and, uh, you know, the original West Coast IPA styles. I mean, yeah. those are not for everybody. And, yeah. you know, uh, people thought hazy IPAs was a craze. And I'm, you know, I think everybody would agree that it's here to stay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely uh, not, yeah. not a fad. Yeah. But I think, you know, uh, you know, with the introduction of uh, gluten-free products, seltzers, um, you know, breweries are, are evolving into, um, you know, what people are demanding. It's not yeah. just a single one product, you know. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's what makes it so fun is because of the fact that, and you guys, you and I talked about this a little bit, is that, I was like, I live in Virginia Beach. And I mean, I, I can literally start in Virginia Beach and work my way across the 757 and get so many different experiences. Yeah not just within the beers themselves, but the locations and the, the environments that you get to enjoy with the different locations. Because um, I was talking to your team earlier and, and, and I think part of the fun is getting to experience the dynamic 
of each different brewery because yeah. nobody's the same. Everybody's got something different and, and you guys all have kind of that unique experience within your locations that make the experience as much about being there as it is just the beer itself, which yeah. is really cool. Um, so as you were building out Momac, kind of was that in your mind at the time or was it more just, okay, I need a space to do this and let's go? Or was there, were there some other aspects to that that you and your team were able to pull in? Well, I think, uh, you know, after making great beer, two things that were quickly behind that were, uh, or, or was the need for parking and, uh, and, yeah. and the actual tap room um, space. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to be um, a little bit later in the, in the, you know, Virginia craft beer boom. Yeah. And we um, were able to appreciate the need for the tap room experience to have it a sizable space so people could, um, so we could put a lot of people in here. And, um, you know, I can think of many breweries I've gone to and driving around for a while looking for a parking <laughs> spot. And so we were fortunate enough to, uh, to find this location where, uh, you know, the parking lot is pretty bare on Saturdays and Sundays. And we can really, we've had some great parties outside where That's we close awesome. off the whole parking lot. And, um, but most importantly, I think uh, it is really about being able to have a taproom space. Yeah. So it, yeah. it was done, you know, purposely. That's great. Yeah. Well, and can you talk about the location a little bit? Because it is, um, for people who are f from right in this area, they kind of get the whole idea. But if, if you're talking to someone in, in and around the 757, like, how do you explain where you are? Because yeah. it is a unique location within this community. It is, and lots of people, I mean, if you just think about the number of people that uh, travel just around us, getting from, you know, point A to point B, and they probably don't know about uh, Portsmouth or, you know, the Western Branch area. Yeah. Um, I have lots of friends who joke on me, and they, I, I live in Western Branch in Chesapeake, and they're like, oh, that's not really Chesapeake, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, and they're, you know, they're kind of right. It's not. It's, uh, it has their, their own little unique uh, nuances of this area, and yeah. so... What I tell people is, uh, you know, to give it a try because it's like a hidden gem. Yeah. Uh, we're so close to Suffolk, so close to, you know, um, really the you know, downtown Chesapeake or downtown Portsmouth. So we're in this uh, very conveniently located area where it doesn't matter if you're coming from the downtown or the midtown tunnels or even the Monitor Merrimack. We actually get a lot of people in here from uh, the Newport News and Hampton areas. Oh, and wow. I would have not guessed that. Um, yeah. um, but um, so... Yeah, I think we're conveniently located and, um, you know, it's um, definitely, I, I think lots of people are surprised when they come here and they had no idea that there was a brewery here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it is convenient. I mean, just getting here today, I mean, it, even from downtown Norfolk where our office is located, it took me all 15 minutes. Yeah. So it really is nice to be able to get in and get out pretty quickly. So you've been brewing now for a while. So what are some of your favorites? I mean, if you get to pick your beers, what, yeah. what do you like to do? Well, I think uh, hazy is, is, I love the hazy yeah. craze. Uh, I'm always looking for different hop gotcha. combinations and stuff. But, uh, you know, like the stout there we're drinking, um, there's nothing. You can't beat a good stout. Yeah. So, yeah. And for somebody who... Because some of, some of us really get into our different beers, and then there are those of us, like my wife, that just kind of tag along and, and, and kind of ask for the recommendations. So when you say hazy, what, what's considered a hazy? What makes a beer a hazy? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, every, everybody, uh, 
was used to, you know, years ago having a, you know, their IPAs were clear, um, hoppy but clear. And then you, you've got the New England style beer that came out where, um, you know, it was very super cloudy, you couldn't see through it. And, um, you know, that's a result of the brewing style, the types of yeasts and chemistry that are used um, during the brewing process. But um, it, it really allows for a couple things. I mean, I think uh, people, uh, they want the flavor, but maybe not the bitterness. They want the aroma, and maybe not the bitterness. And so it's a really great way to enjoy an IPA. And I find lots of people who say, I don't like IPAs. But then you give them the, the New England experience or the hazy experience, yeah. and they're like, I'm on board. I, I like it. So, yeah. That's great. And what about the stouts? Have people converted to stout, or is that still a pretty unique or, or niche group of people that do that? Because obviously for, for a lot of Americans, something that dark, yeah. had, had at least traditionally, had scared most people off. I mean, yeah. so it, are you seeing a, a trend changing in that? I, I don't think, uh, at least in this in this particular market, you don't really see uh, that yeah. much of a trend. But I think that a lot of people do, they're seasonal, so yeah. you know when the seasons change, they're looking for a darker, heavier beer. Gotcha. Um, but uh, we're, you know, we try to pride ourselves on the fact that we're, uh, we always have an option up there for somebody, you know, somebody yeah. that's looking for something different. And, you know, whether it's a, a lighter, uh, drier stout, you know, maybe, uh, you know, um, for, like a Irish style stout, yeah, yeah. or something you know, an imperial like this that's got you know deep bold flavors and a little bit heavier on the ABV. Gotcha. And so, and we talked about this a little bit earlier with the with the brewing process is when you talk about the notes within a beer, and we were talking about fruit in particular. Yeah. That there's a difference between fruity notes of a beer and beers that you're that you're actually trying to infuse the, the fruit into yeah. that. Can you talk a little bit about the differences between the two, especially for somebody who maybe isn't as um, comfortable picking out beers, kind of what the difference is and how they look for that difference when they're, when they're asking for a beer? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, um, hops definitely have, uh, there's so many hops to choose from, and, yeah. and we generally describe those in the beer as, you know, citrus notes. Um, for example, Citra Back and Relax is, is our number one selling beer and oh, wow. uh, here, and, and, you know, peop, we use a hop called the, the Citra Hop, and it, okay. and it has notes of grapefruit and citrus, and uh, people are confused. Uh, sometimes they're like, oh, you know, how many grapefruit do you put in there? Like, <laughs> it never sees a grapefruit. But, um, you know, then you have other beer styles that are becoming, you know, um, wildly popular, and that's the sour ales okay. or, the, or the gosas. And, um, and those truly do have, you know, legitimate fruit in them. Gotcha. Um, and, and a lot of it. Gotcha. Um, like we, we do a beer here called the Purple Lady, and it has, you know, hundreds of pounds of uh, boysenberry and blackberry and raspberry and wow, I mean okay. it's you know as deep purple as you can get yeah and um, you know I think breweries are trying to push the envelope of how much fruit you can jam into a, <laughs> to a beer so I mean the, the key is uh, you know um, is just really trying to figure out what somebody wants yeah. and what they're looking for in their experience and then kind of guiding them towards either maybe aromas and, yeah. and light uh, mild flavors or gotcha. over-the-top fruit gotcha you know. so so what do you or what do you see as the future with the, the beer flavors? I mean, do you see a trend? You talked about the hazies right now. Is there something you see down the road that maybe may change kind of some of the tastes? 
Yeah, I mean, I think more and more what you're seeing is, uh, you know, there was a time period where people were looking for the biggest beers that you could offer, you oh, know, okay. the triple IPAs or the big, you know, ABV beers. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, while those are fun to put out and, uh, you know, the 10, 11% alcohol, I think uh, there's certainly a growing trend in the brewing industry to provide something that's more in the 4% or, or gotcha. even less. Um, gotcha, okay. And I think, uh, you know, kind of like the Germans do. The Germans, they're, they're not, you know, they're putting out lagers and beers that are, you can consume a lot of yeah. um, and not have to worry about the, the big ABVs. So gotcha. I think the other trends that you see in, in the brewing industry, without a doubt, is, you know, much to the chagrin of maybe, uh, you know, true uh, craft brewers is the yeah. seltzer fa uh, phase. Oh, yeah. It's not going to go away. It's here forever. Yeah. Um, you know, it is our way of being able to provide a, a product that is, uh, you know, not a beer and not, uh, you know, it's gluten free and um, the the sky's the limit on flavors. And, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So you guys always have one here? We do, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. I mean, so it, it's kind of interesting to think about, um, you know, just the short time we've been open, um, going on four years now. Um, you know, early on we didn't have a sour and okay. we also didn't have a seltzer. And I, I if you would have asked me in 2016, I would have said, there's no way. Why, why would we do that? And, uh, and now it's like, there's no question. Yeah. We have to have it. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So for those who may not be familiar, and, and I know sometimes we all take it for granted being, being in the 757, but can you talk a little bit about the name Momac? Yeah. And kind of how that came about? Very funny story. But uh, I can tell you with 100% certainty, it, it, we did not go into this. Uh, with the intent that it would be the name Momac. Um, <laughs> we had some interesting, you know, uh, names that were, we had picked out and, um, but when it came down to the end, uh, the, you know, we had, you know, whether they were, uh, you know, issues with uh, business licenses or things, we, yeah. we had to come up with a different name. And um, so we sat around in a room at one of our business partners' offices and um, we thought about what, what was the one thing that could, you know, bring people to us and it, you know it, it would be kind of fun we could maybe you know have a nickname um things like that and yeah. you know it's the monitor miramac yep. uh, you know and it it was a way for uh to us to kind of take a play a, a non-military kind of play on on what happened there um yeah. and uh tie you know roots to the history of the portsmouth area we try to use like nautical names or portsmouth uh, and local names and then also, um, it, it was fun to come up with, uh, you know, thinking about like what happens there. Lots of people are coming across that bridge tunnel. Yeah. Um, people are out there boating, and so um, you know, there, you know, Momac was, you know, uh, kind of thought of there in that room, and um, you know, a lot of people here just like you know, meet me at the mo, welcome <laughs> to the mo. Um, you know, drink mo, you know, that kind of thing. Drink mo so, beer. Yeah, drink mo beer. So, um, you know, it's kind of taken on a, a whole, you know, thing of its own. And um, it's, it's super fun. And uh, some, a unique thing that people don't realize is that uh, all the letters of MoMac are actually in the Icon logo. And so they, they represent the sails of the boat and the nice. hull of the ship is actually has a C on it. And then the, above the sails is, is the O, and that's either the moon or the sun, depending on when you're sailing. So awesome. kind of a fun little uh, thing to know about that's moment. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So you guys have obviously managed to get your, your way through the, the COVID situation. Were there any 
lessons you learned through this process that you think will help kind of carry forward um, as we hope to get back to a little bit more normal in yeah. the, the coming years and months? Well, I think uh, one of the things that uh, you probably taught us is that, uh, you know, you, you certainly have to, if you're going to survive, yeah. you have to adapt to very quickly and be agile. Um, no one really had any clue what was going to, you know, what that was going to look like for us. Um, you know, essentially beer sales went to practically zero overnight. Yeah. And yeah. so I think uh, quickly to, for us, uh, we were putting beer out and, you know, obviously on the street in kegs. Yeah. And uh, we weren't, we were not prepared to can. Um, oh, okay. So we survived off of, uh, of uh, growler and crowler sales, oh, um, cool. which I, you know, I cannot thank the community enough because we had people lined up to curbside service or, you know, uh, that's, that's how they got through. The, that's awesome. And that's how we got through. Um, <laughs> that being said, I think uh, we didn't really have plans to can. I, I mean, I think we had aspirations to can, yeah. but probably it was not on our radar. And, uh, but that, given that, um, we have um, now plans in place. We should be canning by the end of the year. Nice. Um, and, um, and I think that will prepare us, uh, you know, for future things. Um, yeah. But it, more importantly, what it'll do is, uh, you know, it'll help us get beer out to, I think restaurants and bars have changed the way they, they take on, um, you know, they've had to reduce their choices yeah. and they've had to maybe offer beer in different formats that don't put them as at risk maybe for buying a, a full keg or a half. Gotcha. So canning is definitely uh, in our future, and I think uh, many of the local breweries have adopted that gotcha. probably sooner than later because of COVID. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of the future, I mean, are there other changes you, you see going forward that, that you hope to make? I mean, if we get back together in, in five years, I mean, what do you see is, is that future plan for Melmac? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we're pretty realistic in the fact that we, um, you know, we embrace community. Yeah. Um, we uh, want to be a part of the community in every way we can, uh, whether it's through charitable um, or, or assisting people yeah. as, as a gathering place so that they can rally their, their causes. Uh, we've done some really cool things here uh, with, um, you know, maybe the police department as oh, well nice. as um, Rock Solid Foundation. Yeah. Um, we, we've had, uh, it's been a very great experience, but I think we will stay true to our values in that aspect, yeah. but I think uh, one of the things that we all would, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know when, but years down the road, I, I see this, um, you know, maybe moving a, uh, our location to an area where we could offer more outdoor uh, seating and okay. more of an outdoor experience. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for catching up with me. Uh, let me come down and check out your place. And, yeah, my pleasure. And, uh, spending some time with us on Take Talks and giving our listeners an opportunity to learn more about MoMAC. Uh, for those who either want to stop by um, or check you out online, what's your physical address and, and where do they find you online? So we're located, uh, our address is truly Portsmouth, <laughs> but some people do refer to this area as Churchland. So yeah. we are in uh, the Academy Avenue complex okay. at 3228 Academy Avenue in Portsmouth. Awesome. Yep. And where do they find you online? Uh, so we're located at uh, momacbrewing.com. Perfect. Yep, and you can uh, we have a great interactive website. All our uh, there's a link to Untapped where you can find our most recent uh, offerings. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again for uh, for catching up with us, and thanks for having me here uh, for Take Talks Business. All right. Thank you. Take care. See you.